0: Manna. I'm Riley. This is ill-advised stories, written by my dad. <laughs> it's my dad too. <laughs> Can we have our allowance now? The Snow Girl.
1: Casey's pillow was wet, and her eyes were red when she reached over to turn off her reading light. She hadn't read any of the words. She'd only been thumbing through the pages, looking at the pictures. Sleep was sneaking up on her. She glanced at her nightstand, at the snow globe. It was no longer round. The glass had shattered, uncovering the ship. Her dad had taken off the sharp pieces with a hammer and a file, trying to make it safe, but it would never be the same. The small white boat, pale as bone with gray highlights, sat on a base in the center of broken shards. There was a skull and crossbones on the first sail. The ship cast over a wave that had Key West printed on it. That was as far south as you could go and still be in the United States, and it was a good distance from Casey's home in Illinois. Casey's eyes closed. She was in darkness, asleep for only a moment when she heard a bell. Casey! Someone shouted. Her eyes shot open. She looked around the room, but it was empty. The voice had come from the window. Outside, she could see flickering lights. They weren't very bright, but they were warm as they moved, rising and falling. Casey went to the window, expecting to see the snow covering her yard. But where her yard should have been was a white ship sitting on a dark ocean. The backyard and the street behind them was flooded. The water covered everything for as far as she could see. Her dad's shed was gone, along with her swing set and their wooden fence. In the distance, she could see her neighbor's roofs. Their chimneys poked out above the waves. Someone called again. Casey! She looked at the ship's deck and saw a woman standing there. She had one hand on her hip and the other on a sword that hung at her waist. She wore a tri-corner hat, and her dark hair poured out from under it. She was ferocious and beautiful. Casey opened the window.
0: Come on, lass. We'll be on us soon if we don't hurry. She called. How am I going to get down there? I'll have to jump.
1: The woman took her sword and pointed to a bunch of ropes tied together in a crisscross. They came away from the main going down the side of the boat.
0: Aim for the Jacob's Ladder. I know you can do it.
1: Casey climbed out. She looked down at the windowsill and thought... I
0: remember this being
1: so wide. Not that she'd ever tried getting on it before. She was on the second floor of her house, and the fall was straight down. Now there was an ocean beneath, a vast and dark sea. She stared at it, knowing her lawn was gone and that the water was much deeper than their back patio. She bent down and sprang forward with all her might. She flew through the air, reaching out and grabbing the ropes, pulling herself in, bouncing against the springy lines. She looked down at the sea and knew something was down there, staring back at her. Casey climbed carefully, stepping onto the rail, then jumped onto the deck. The captain stood in front of her and smiled.
0: Well done, young miss.
1: Casey bowed politely. There was no need for introductions. She knew this was the Pirate Queen, Fiona the Fierce. The lanterns that lined the ship shone in her deep blue eyes and off the polished leather of her boots and gloves. She still held her sword out. She motioned with it as she spoke.
0: We sail south tonight, we hearties. We're returning our friend Casey to the southern tip of the Keys. There's treasure waiting for her, and for all of you, if you can make your way by daybreak.
1: The crew cheered as they went to it. They were pirates, burly, dangerous-looking men. At Fiona the Fierce's words, they started pulling lines and hoisting sails. Others went to a giant wheel with long spokes called a capstan. They leaned into it, pushing with all their might. They turned it and pulled the anchor chain from the water. Something went wrong. Er, snagged, Captain, one of the men called from the side.
0: Oh, by No excuses. Pull for all your worth,
1: Fiona said. The men grunted and kept turning. We have it, ma'am. We brought something up with it. What is that infernal thing? One particularly brave pirate was leaning over the side. Casey went to look. She saw a snowblower hanging from the anchor.
0: Oh, that's my dad's.
1: What should we do with it? The man at the rail asked. Casey wasn't very happy with her father. Fiona looked at her and Casey shrugged.
0: Cut it loose,
1: the captain called. The snowblower was lifted off the anchor with a gaff hook then dropped into the ocean splashed down into the water and disappeared forever. Casey looked at the splash, knowing again that there was something down there. She grabbed the captain's arm and said, We have to go. The captain nodded, then looked over the side, too. The water was still boiling. There was something rising. She commanded,
0: Turn us about. We must be on our way.
1: The man at the wheel was spinning it hard over, turning them from Casey's house. The wind took the sail and they started to move, cutting between the roofs that peaked above the water. They were too slow. The light from the moon crossed over the deck. That's when Casey saw the first one. It came up over the rail with the yellow moonlight falling on its oily skin. Oh, no, Casey said. Blast! The captain cursed. Then she called even louder.
0: Twarms! We're being boarded. Every man defend the ship!
1: There were more of them coming up over the sides. They were dark and slick, only vaguely human, moving like sticky goo. What are they? Casey asked, staring at the monsters.
0: They're grabbers. Stay away from them, girl. Don't let them touch you.
1: Just then a man screamed. He was being pulled back over the side. He'd been one of the big strong fellows that brought up the anchor, but his strength counted for nothing against these things. When he went over, his screaming stopped. Casey looked at the captain, her mouth hanging open in shock.
0: It's fine. I've got more men.
1: Fiona said. Musket blasts filled the night air as the pirates started firing. Some of the creatures dropped off the side. But for every one that fell, there seemed to be two more climbing up. The captain charged with her sword held high. Her men followed her. She and the other pirates hacked into the creatures, swinging their blades in reckless arcs. The grabbers fell apart as the blade went through them, turning to dark liquid that poured through the scupper holes and back out into the ocean. Casey watched in awe as the captain went about her work. She was impressive, but there were so many of these horrible things. They were coming from everywhere, swamping the deck. Casey heard another man scream. She turned in time to see the pirate at the wheel disappear over the back of the ship. Five or six grabbers went to the wheel, their oily hands pouring over it as they turned the ship away from the wind. Casey looked at the captain, wanting to warn her, but Fiona the Fierce was surrounded. Casey was the only one close enough to help. But what could she do? She had no weapon. And if these things could carry off big, strong pirates, what chance did she have? Her eyes fell on the rail, where more creatures were coming over the side. She noticed something there, something the creature seemed to be avoiding. It was the lantern. Casey ran over and grabbed it. She felt hands reaching for her from the side. She swung the lantern at him. The glass broke and flames came jumping out. The grabbers pulled back, trying to avoid the fire. One actually fell apart, melting right in front of Casey. For a moment, she was worried the lantern would go out. It was flickering. Then she saw a little dial. She turned it, and the cloth wick came up, making the flame grow larger. Casey ran across the deck to where more of the grabbers were climbing up. They'd surrounded the wheel.
0: Oh, no, you don't,
1: Casey called. She came at them fast with the lantern held high. She jammed it into the group, causing a few to melt while the rest ran away. Some tried to get back over the side, but Casey was right there. She was merciless, enjoying the way they dissolved as she held the flame towards them.
0: We're off course!
1: Casey heard the captain call. Fiona the Fierce was surrounded and still fighting bravely. Casey was about to run to her, but the captain waved her off, saying,
0: We need to get away from these things. Turn the ship till the moonlight touches the deck once more,
1: the captain said, pointing with her sword. Casey saw where the yellow light fell on the ocean. She started to turn the wheel, pointing them towards it. It wasn't an easy task with the torch in her hand. She had to use her entire body, throwing herself at the wheel to spin it. The ship came around slowly, and soon the sails began to fill again. She looked back at the stern rail. Grabbers had no eyes and barely any sort of face, but they stared at her anyway. They were clinging to the rail. Then Casey pointed her torch and yelled at them,
0: "'Well, get out of here. Can't you tell when it's over?'
1: The grabbers looked at each other and seemed to nod their faceless heads. One by one, they dropped over the back, plopping into the water. Casey looked forward and saw the same thing happening on the rest of the ship. She nodded her head approvingly. One of the pirates came up to take the wheel. Casey handed him the torch instead, preferring to steer the ship. She stood there and the captain joined her.
0: Well done, Casey. That was a tough spot. I wasn't worried,
1: Casey said. The pirate queen smiled at her.
0: Of course you won't.
1: She pointed to the oily spot left from the grabbers.
0: I want this mess swabbed off my deck. Raise more of the sails. All the cloth this ship can carry.
1: The men hurried to work as they sailed south and a bit west, heading for the Mississippi River. Buildings went by. Tall structures and small houses that hid in the shadows of the night. They had to be careful to stay on main routes floating above the highways. Sometimes, deep below, Casey would see those thoroughfares. She noticed the headlights and taillights of cars racing along like laser beams in the water. They were far below the ship in another world. When they got to the Mississippi, the current took hold and they sailed even faster. Casey saw the cities pass below her, and she thought about her plane ride back from Florida, the way her dad had gotten after her, telling her to be careful with her snow globe. It's not a toy, he said, but Casey hadn't listened. The whole way from Key West had been fine. She stared at it, sitting on her little fold-out tray. Only occasionally did she look up, watching the clouds go by. She told herself the story of the ship, of Fiona and the crew. When they landed, she didn't put it back in her bag where it'd be safe. She kept it in her hand, getting off the plane. They'd landed at O'Hare, one of the busiest places on Earth, and not always the friendliest. Casey, put it away, her dad had ordered. He went to get their bags off the conveyor belt. Casey was standing back with her mom and older brother. Then she heard the buzzer and the belt began to move. Bags dropped off a ramp, then circled around. Casey came forward to watch them. A man in front grabbed his luggage and swung it back. Casey was right there. It hit her. Not hard, but enough to send the snow globe flying. She turned in time to watch it crash. The airport was so crowded and there were so many people that she could barely get to the wreckage. There was a puddle and broken pieces of glass on the floor. The ship was nearly stepped on more than once as she ducked around legs trying to get to it. She heard her dad calling behind her, but what he was saying wasn't important. I told you so hardly ever is. She felt his hand on her shoulder as he pulled her back. When he picked up the ship, he started looking around. A trash can wasn't far away, and she could tell what he was thinking. That's when she lost it. No! She screamed, grabbing his arm. Casey, knock it off. It's broken. We can't keep it. His face had been dark as a storm cloud. Stop crying. You did this. His voice was sharp, meant to hurt. Her mom came forward and took the broken snow globe. Just
0: get the bags. I'll take care of it,
1: she said. Fine, but if she'd ever just listen, her dad grumbled. He pushed back through the crowd to get their luggage. Casey tried not to cry too loudly on the way home, staring out the window. Her dad yelled a little more in the car. He wasn't very relaxed for someone who'd just come home from vacation. Airports will do that to you. Later that night, he brought what was left of the snow globe back to her. He tried to make it safe, which was nice of him, but then he added while handing it to her, if you'd only listened when I told you to put it away. He was right, but it didn't matter. Not then, anyway. The damage was done. But Fiona was going to fix that. They passed New Orleans and sailed into the Gulf of Mexico, heading for the Florida Straits. The pilots were singing sea shanties and drinking their rum as they sailed, happy to be back in the warm weather and smelling the tropics. Above them, the sky was littered with stars, and the yellow moon led them on. Casey saw the palm trees and the little islands of the Keys, all connected by one long road like a necklace. There were no cruise ships tied up at the pier, only small buildings clustered together on the island. They docked the ship and dropped the gangplank in Duval Square. Far in the distance, on the other side of the island, the sky was brightening. A party of twenty pirates, led by Casey and Fiona the Fierce, marched past the bars and restaurants. They'd only been closed for a few hours. There were vagabonds, the homeless of the tropics, sleeping in doorways. They looked up to see the pirates pass by, but they thought nothing of it. Pirates were not a strange sight, Key West. They came to a roll-away door, closed with a padlock.
0: Is this the one?
1: Fiona asked Casey. Casey nodded her head yes. Then Fiona took her sword and slashed it across the lock. The chain fell away and the men pushed the door aside.
0: Take what you want, men.
1: Fiona called. Casey watched them flood into the gift shop. She was thinking about the women who worked there, the ones who'd sold her the snow globe. They'd been nice. They'd smiled at her and spoken to her with their Spanish accents.
0: Wait, no!
1: Casey yelled, stopping the pirates.
0: We're not stealing anything!
1: One particularly large pirate with a long, bushy beard was trying on and stretching out a pink belly shirt. "'But we're pirates! It's what we do!' he said. He sounded like he was going to cry. Another pirate was at a bookshelf looking out from behind a pair of glasses that barely fit over his nose. He held up a colorful picture book and said, "'Um, according to this, we're supposed to go to pirate school? That's the silliest thing I've ever heard of!' he slammed the book shut.
0: "'You don't have to go to school.' And you're not stealing anything tonight. You can get back to stealing tomorrow.
1: She walked over to the display of snow globes and found the exact same one that had broken. She brought it over to the counter and started patting her pajamas looking for money. Fiona came over and placed a gold doubloon on the counter. Thank you. Casey said. Fiona looked down at her and smiled.
0: Are you ready, my dear? We've got to get you home before daybreak.
1: Casey nodded and she followed Fiona out to the street. One second. Fiona said, sticking her head back into the store. The pirates were standing about sadly, still amazed that they weren't stealing anything. Silently, Fiona jabbed her finger at the register. Then at the rest of the store, the pirates all nodded and smiled as Fiona held her fingers to her lips. She went and joined Casey, who was staring down at the globe.
0: Come on, let's get back to the ship.
1: Casey saw the pirates carrying sacks of loot up the gangplank, but she chose to ignore it. They were pirates after all. But she had a hard time ignoring the one pirate who was still wearing a belly shirt. The sun was coming up over the islands as they untied the lines. Though they were sailing up the Mississippi, it seemed like they were moving much faster. They were higher, sailing an ocean that passed through the clouds. The closer they got to home, the more it seemed like the ship was becoming a cloud itself. Everything was fading. The clouds, the pirates, even the ocean had become a gray sky filled with snow. They were high over Casey's house. She could see that the water had receded. Her swing set and her dad's shed were back. What now? Casey asked. Fiona and Casey were the only solid things left. The pirate queen looked over the side, down at the house.
0: You have to jump.
1: Casey nodded and stepped up onto the rail. She held the snow globe tight to her chest. She looked at the pirate captain.
0: I don't know how to thank you.
1: Fiona's smile was wide.
0: Oh, don't worry, dear. You've given us a lovely dream to play in. Now go.
1: She pointed to the house far below. Casey jumped with her eyes closed. When she opened them, she was back in her bed, safe and sound. Her hands were closed over something. She moved them away and saw what it was the snow globe. It was perfect, with water sloshing around inside over a bone white ship. She went downstairs, wanting to show her parents. Her mom was amazed, but her dad was busy. There was a snowstorm on the way, so he was outside trying to start a snow blower. Somehow, it had become clogged with salt water. If you're wondering, yes, Riley, my younger daughter, does have a broken snow globe in her room. And we have been to Key West, but that's only partially where this story comes from. Sometimes my favorite part of writing is pulling little pieces from everywhere and letting them cook all together into something new. I have pirates on the brain. See, I wrote a pirate novel called The Curse of Purgatory Cove that I did a ton of research for. So I'm a little obsessed with them including Anne Bonnet, who is my favorite female buccaneer, and who's a bit like Fiona the Fierce. Those grabbers are only a little scary, I hope. They got stuck in my head from an old episode of Star Trek. It had a black, oily monster in it. Then I saw something just like them in a Studio Ghibli film called Howl's Moving Castle. The last place where this tale comes from is the icon from my website. When I drew that ship with a rocket flying over it, I had no idea it would inspire two separate ill-advised stories. Shoot me an email if you can guess what the other story is. As always, the music was provided by Kevin McLeod, except for the singing—that was all me. Most of the story was recorded at the What Cheers Writers Club in Providence, Rhode Island. Thanks for listening. Just then, a man screamed, "Ah!" he was being pulled back over the side he had been one of the big strong fellows that brought up the anchor but his strength counted for nothing against these things when
0: <laughs> i need a to tissue. You. just like